Hello, and welcome back to the Site School Podcast. My name is Valerie Stimmick-Bailey, and I am your hostess on a journey to help you learn how to grow and earn more from your sites this year and for all the years to come until AI takes over our jobs. Now, just based on that intro, you're probably pretty quickly able to tell when I recorded this episode, which is in mid-2023, when the impact of AI on our businesses is quite uncertain. And I'm not actually here to dive into AI. I think that that is getting covered really well by a lot of much more expert people than me, but also I don't think we can yet predict exactly how AI is going to change our businesses as site owners. I certainly think it's something that we should all be playing around with, getting to know how it works, understanding what the news is and how it's rolling out on things like search engines and copyright issues. All that's important, but you know, there's lots of other things we do as business owners and this podcast is aiming to focus on how you can grow your business. So AI is certainly part of that, but it's really easy, I think, to fall into a terrifying rabbit hole of the future is doomed because AI is going to take all our jobs and I'm, I'm not here to talk about that today. What I am here to talk about today is Facebook pages, and that might be surprising. Now, the reason it could be surprising to you is that if you know my site school philosophy, it's made up of five pillars. And the idea is you grow your site through SEO and email, And you earn from your site through affiliates, advertising, and products and services, and products slash services. That's why it's sort of just one, you know, one pillar. Anyway, I don't talk about social media. I basically never talk about social media. I think there are lots of people who are way better at social media than I am that are earning a lot more from social media than I am, especially in the influencer world and Instagram and TikTok. And I don't really think it's a great way to grow your site, but it is an important part of branding. And so I know a lot of people have questions about it. And sometimes I run experiments with my own sites to try and see what's working on social media. And this episode is focused entirely on one of those experiments now that it's about six months on and letting you know what I think of what's going on with Facebook pages. So the title of this episode is Facebook Pages Are Dead, Long Live Facebook Pages. That popped into my head several months ago and I just knew I was gonna have to do a podcast episode because I think a lot of us feel that our Facebook pages are dead, but I'm here to say long live Facebook pages because I think that they are still a really powerful tool, especially in light of the fact that most people think Facebook pages are dead. So in this episode, I'm going to cover my history, my love-hate relationship with Facebook pages, which is probably going to sound very familiar to most of you. I will then talk about my inspiration for restarting a focus on my Facebook page and the experiment I've run and the results. And then at the end, I will give you a recap of, from what I've learned, the strategy that I would advocate going forward to get restarted on Facebook. And then you can grow and scale from there if it's working for you. So let's just dive right in. Now, to talk about my love-hate relationship with Facebook pages, I have to start back pretty much at the beginning of my blog, Valerie and Belize, and that is the Facebook page we're going to be talking about throughout this episode. So I have had other Facebook pages. I currently have other Facebook pages for other sites, but I really have ever only focused on just one Facebook page for Valerie and Belize. And I started it in the early days of my blog. So started my blog in October of 2013 and probably started my Facebook page within the first six months to a year. I don't know exactly when I think actually it says on Facebook, but I don't care to look it up right now. I can say it was early. It was back in the time when A, everyone said, you need to have an account on every single social media platform. You need to post everywhere. That was the general philosophy of social media for bloggers at the time. And like many people, I did it and didn't really know what I was doing and provided content all over the map. And it just didn't really ever work for my site. It certainly never drove traffic. And and as we know, Meta is trying to keep people on their platform. So it's not really a surprise that Facebook pages even then did not provide a lot of traffic. I think some people were able to do it more successfully than others, but I was not one of them. So at some point in the history of my Facebook page, I paid for a bunch of really crappy likes from like Indonesia and other Southeast Asia. Asian countries. And that's not to say that people from Indonesia and Southeast Asia can't be your target audience and might, might they might be very valuable depending on what you write about on your site. But obviously, when I'm writing about the American West and travel to Alaska, which is my current focus with this site, they are just not the right audience. So I'm kind of 
constantly plagued by this 10,000 or so terrible accounts that like my page and aren't engaged anymore. And I don't know, I can't get rid of them, nor do I really want to. Uh, just because they're there at this point, I might as well move on. But yeah, like like a lot of the strategy at the time was run ads in really cheap countries and get lots of page likes and people will then want to sponsor you. And then Instagram took over and nobody cared about Facebook pages anymore from an influencer standpoint. And so, um, I quit. <laughs> I quit. I think I quit in late 2019. I can't remember exactly when because I deleted that post when I restarted my Facebook page, but I just went and said, hey guys, this page isn't working for my business anymore. This is the last post I'm ever going to do. And I left the page up. Now, it was important at that time to consider I did leave the page up because I wanted to still own that digital piece of property. I think it's very important if you have social media accounts that you keep the assets you've built, even if you're no longer doing anything with them. Uh, we're not yet at a place on the internet where there's any penalty for keeping an old account. And the best way to manage that if you've abandoned a social media account is to put up a post that says you've abandoned it and then leave it abandoned because it's still yours. There's no social media network that takes those pages away. You still have access to it. You could always restart it. So if you are not posting on Facebook, you might just want to do a little post and pin it at the top that just says, hey, I don't post here anymore. Just so that, you know, it's clear that you still own it, but you are purposefully not engaging with the page. So that was late 2019 when I quit posting. I put up that post on my page and walked away from Facebook pages, I thought forever. Now, Sometime shortly after that, I think probably January of 2021, I started a Facebook group. And I'm gonna come back to Facebook groups at the very end of this episode. I'm gonna mention it a couple times, but I'm gonna come back to it because I'm not here to talk about Facebook groups, but I think that my Facebook group did play a part in my willingness to come back to Facebook pages. So the long story short is that in about January of 2021, I started the Alaska Travel Tips Facebook group because I really didn't like what other Facebook groups were doing with the just exorbitant amount of self-promotion and being run by travel agents and tour companies that were always just promoting themselves. And it was always just photos from people's trips and they weren't actually helpful. So started Alaska Travel Tips and really managed it hard. And it grew like crazy. At one point it finally took off in the algorithm. It is one of the larger public Facebook groups for Alaska Travel. And we are very, we, I say we, cause I have other admins now. I had to bring other people in to help me run this group. It's consistently one of the most helpful Alaska Travel Tips groups out there. And we don't allow people to share their photos as posts, they have a specific thread that they go on. And even I can't really promote in the group because the goal is just to help people plan trips, not to be promoting a bunch of stuff. Anyway, during the time I wasn't posting on my Facebook page, I was still active with my brand on Facebook. I was doing this Facebook group. So when it came to be about late 2022, and I started hearing murmurs from other experts in the industry that Facebook pages might not be as dead as we thought they were, I decided to come back. And the inspiration is actually twofold. Um, I joined a course at the end of 2022 called Fat Stacks. It is a keyword sort of course about SEO. Um, the course itself, I love John, I think is super helpful, but it, the course isn't really what I purchased access for. I purchased to get into his community. And it was in that community that I met other creators and other website owners that were doing Facebook pages again and pointed me towards someone called Scott DeLong, who used to live in Ohio, now lives in California, I believe. And Scott is trying to use a Facebook page as part of a strategy of building a website to sell for half a million dollars, but his budget was only $20,000 to start. I can't really explain it very articulately. I'm sure he has a better pitch than I do. I've put a link to the website where he's documenting that challenge in the show notes, but basically he's using Facebook to try and build a half million dollar business in a year. And I thought that that was really interesting. So I consumed a lot of his information from his challenge at that stage, which was quite early. I think he started the challenge in September. I found this in November, so it was very early. I've been following along. There are other people doing these different strategies on Facebook. And I said, okay, like, let's go back. Let's start over. I think as website owners, it's really important that we are always open to 
hearing new strategies and trying them for our business. And then if they don't work, obviously moving on, but it's a dangerous position as business owners to ever look at a strategy outright and say, that's just not for me. Uh, You never know where your audience is as a site owner, especially on social media. So you got to try things. Anyway, that's how I decided to restart. So in early November, 2022, I started posting on my Facebook page again. And simultaneously, I started doing a strategy that a lot of people were doing at the same time, which was running page-like ads. So here's my current Facebook strategy and the results. And this is gonna be a lot of numbers, so stick with me. This is actually gonna be a little bit longer of an episode and I hope it's helpful for you because Facebook pages are not dead. (laughs) Anyway, my strategy is I started at $5 a day, straight $5 a day, infinite run, you know, I didn't have any end date. I said, just run $5 a day on page like ads and see what the cost per people to like my pages. So I started at $5 a day. And then I think in early April, just a couple weeks ago, I actually increased that to $10 a day. So I have doubled my spend, but I'm happy with my results to, to keep going. And in the time since I started running ads just about six months ago, I went from 10,600 page likes to 21,600. It's actually almost exactly 11,000, which is pretty convenient as I'm doing the reporting. I don't have to say really specific numbers. So in six months, 11,000 page likes. It cost me $1,100, which is actually very nicely rounded for about 9,800 page likes. So here's the interesting thing. I go into my ads and I've actually earned more likes than I've paid for because I go in and invite people to like my page. And this is an important thing that Facebook took away during the time that I was not on Facebook actively and they've brought that tool back. So now I run these like ads. Some people just like my page, but some people just like the ad and I can invite them to like my page. So I've paid for 9,800 page likes at 11 cents per like, which is a very reasonable price for a US market. And I've gotten 1,200 quote free likes because by running those ads, 1,200 more people have been invited and have liked my page. So that's pretty good. I, I know there are ways to get cheaper page likes and grow faster with my budget, but it's very minimal. I don't really have to think about it. I just let it run. And then a couple times a year, I go in and tweak the photos and the copy and I just let it run and my page continues to grow. So gained about 11,000 page likes in the last six months, which feels very healthy to me for the spend that I have. I'm happy to continue doing that. And I'm happy to just have a page that looks a little bit more lively and is growing and hopefully gonna get some algorithmic bump as a result. Now, when it comes to posting on my Facebook page, I post seven days a week, 30 days, 31 days of the month, however, you know, every day, I post every day. And that's a mix of different types of posts. So it's a mix of single photos and multiple photos. And then within that multiple photo category, there's either two photos side by side, so you can see them, or galleries that have the plus number of photos. So if you go on Facebook, you'll see it's like five five photos. And then if it's like seven or more, it says plus two or plus three or whatever. So I do a combination. I'm doing combinations of how many photos are in the post and I'm doing a variety that way. And I'm doing pins with likes in the body of my post. So when I want to try and drive traffic through my page, which is an important part of my strategy, instead of posting with a link pre view, which is where you put the link in and it kind of populates the photo and the the title and all that information. I use my pin that I'm already creating on Pinterest. And someday I'll do an episode about my Pinterest experiment. And I use the pin and then in the the caption or the body of my post, I put the link in there and I don't let it do the preview. I use the pin to engage people. And so it's a lot of photos. If you look at the back end of my page, it's just the post type is photo, 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 photo. And that's on purpose because that seems to be what's working for my audience. Um, I can report that the vast majority of people who see my posts and engage with them are already liking or have been invited. So I rarely get new people finding my posts 
that have not already engaged with my brand in some way. And that's where you think about the strategy. What I'm posting on my page is actually not getting me a new audience. It's reaching the audience I've either organically created or have purchased through my page like ads. Like that's, it's, it's the next step down the funnel. And I think that that's something I didn't quite understand about the way Facebook works is you run the ads at your top of your funnel and then you post on your page as the next stage of your funnel. And if you do that well, you can either drive people to become super fans on Facebook or to maybe click or sign up for an email or purchase something from you. There's an actual funnel here and what you're posting on your page is not the top of the funnel. Seems like it is because it's social media, but it's actually not. So digging into the analytics of the posts that I have done, the Facebook reports that I have 141 median posts, reaction, comments, and shares. So the average or median, I can't say average, it's the median number of engagements is 141, which feels pretty healthy. If you posted every time to Instagram, I mean, depends on how big your account is. But for me, if I got 141 likes on every Instagram photo, I'd be pretty happy with that right now. It wouldn't be all over the map. Um, I've reached 308,000 accounts, which is a nice big number. Uh, A lot of that comes from having paid, but it is still important to keep in mind. You just, you know, top of funnel, we're talking about ads, we're talking about reaching people. And then I dug in a little bit more into the analytics by exporting them myself. And I have a 6% engagement rate on my posts, but it ranges from between 1% and 13%. So there's, there's a pretty large range of engagement, but it is generally around the six to 10% per post. Um, Dug in a little bit and found that Facebook is reporting some weird link clicks. They've notoriously been bad about how they report clicks. They say 5,100 link clicks, but I think that that's a huge exaggeration. So if we just think about my general RPM, which is around $60, I have definitely not made up any of, basically any of the money I've spent. I mean, it's maybe, let's say be generous and say $300 of ad revenue for what I've gotten in traffic. I've spent 1,100, so I've maybe got 25% of my money back, but I'm not doing this to try and make money like maybe Scott is where he's trying to get enough traffic that he can sell his website. So I'm okay with that. Um, The highest number of link clicks that I ever got on a single post was 330, which was a great day. I don't know what I did that day to get that post to engage so well, but people liked it. I got some traffic, still not very much money though. It's just about keeping people engaged with my page. Now, in addition to page-like ads and posting on my page, I tried one more strategy that I've heard a couple of different people doing experiments on Facebook give a go, which was lead generation ads. And that just means ads that are out there to try and get people to give you their email. I did that. I turned them on. They were optimized. I thought they looked good. They eventually just stopped serving themselves. So the algorithm determined they were just bad and just stopped showing them to people. So I just turned them off. I think I got 44, 45 people who signed up, but it was not worth it. And they were like 50 cents per person. So it just, if they wanted to turn it off, that's fine with me. What I did do and coming back to my Facebook group, and I wish I had done this years ago. I mean, this is, if you decide to start a Facebook group, be prepared for a lot of work, but also put in a field where you can collect people's emails. It can be optional. People will still provide you their email. So when people come into my public group and they want to participate the first time, they have to request participation. We, we, as in me and my admins approve them. I put in an optional field that says provide your email to sign up for free Alaska travel advice and between 30 and 40% of people who come into the group and want to participate actually give us their email. So I have gained 1500 leads since February. In about three months, I've gotten 500 leads per month, which is huge, huge savings for my business. It's basically the primary way I collect emails. 
And it's from an audience that I don't really get any access to through SEO because they are finding me on Facebook, not finding me on Google. So in the same way that running ads has been part of the top of my funnel for my blog, my Facebook group is also the top of my funnel because it does reach people that I could not reach in any other way, even through advertising. So we're not really gonna dive too deep into groups, but it's something to consider. And I will come back to what I suggest if you decide you wanna try a group at the very end of this episode. I know we're running a little long. Um, So that's it. So yeah, in general, you know, gained 11,000 page likes, um, including about 10% of them for free, been posting every day, getting about 6% engagement, not a ton of traffic, but also figured out a way to get email leads from my Facebook group, so 1,500 leads. I've been very happy at the six-month mark. That feels like a really big improvement on a lot of metrics on Facebook that I was not even doing anything with before. So given all of that, what would I recommend for you if you think, that eh, sounds pretty good, Valerie, how do I do it? The strategy I would recommend if you want to restart your Facebook page or you want to start a Facebook page is right now to start running $5 per day page like ads. This is less than $2,000 a year. And I think it's a very worthwhile investment if you are using Facebook as part of a strategy to pitch anything else that might be paid, or if you can find opportunities to drive traffic to your site or do affiliate sales or anything. So this is the reality right now. So few people are doing Facebook pages and there's very few doing them well, that if you can show a very healthy Facebook page that's well aligned with either the destinations or the niche or the brands that you work with in your area, you can probably find a way to recoup your advertising spend very easily. I mean, $2,000 is like nothing in the world of influencer budgets. So if you are doing Instagram and Facebook and you can just tack on a little extra for Facebook, you will recoup your investment. I would aim for about 15 cents per like or less. So as I said, I'm getting about 11 cents per like. That's a very reasonable price for US audiences. If you go above 15 cents per like, it's just gonna be a real slog to grow your page at that spend. And if you get to 15 cents or less, you're getting at least a thousand new likes on your page per month, which looks very healthy and will give you some of that feedback in the form of engagement on your posts. So the people who like your page, see your posts in their feed, and then you start to get good engagement. And that all just makes your page look very healthy. And the Facebook algorithm rewards that, uh, in terms of a strategy, I would post once per day and I would just test what works for your audience with a heavy focus on photos. So as I said, near the top of the episode, meta does not want people leaving their platform. So you always need to be thinking about about the balance shifting in their favor in terms of what you're posting and whether or not you're asking people to leave. If you are running a page and it is all likes to try and get people to leave Facebook, Facebook is not going to love you for long, even if you get good engagement for a while because they don't earn any ad revenue when people go to your website. So in my perspective, I'd say probably... I think I do seven posts a week right now and two to three of them are link posts, but they're, again, they're photos with links in the text. So it's not like people are automatically directed to leave. They do get some value from the caption and they see a photo, they can decide then to click. So that's what I recommend. And then lastly, let's come back to Facebook groups. It may be worth looking at starting a Facebook group for your community on Facebook. And what I would think about there is coming up with a part of your niche that is very general and could potentially be searchable in Facebook. So as I said, the name of my group is Alaska Travel Tips, and I admin that group as my page, which means my brand is kind of all over that page. You want to think of a term that's very searchable on Facebook. So Alaska Travel or even Alaska, my group is one of the top three. And every time people search that because it is such a general term for what I'm doing on Facebook and what we're providing. And then be prepared that it will potentially become a lot of work. I think it takes at least a year of running a Facebook group and getting people to join before it starts to potentially kick off in the algorithm. Uh, Speaking of getting people joining, I 
definitely encouraged people by adding a line of copy at the end of every article saying, if you need extra help, come over to my Alaska Travel Tips Facebook group. I've begun removing that because the group is more than self-sustaining, but you do want to encourage people to join in your emails and in your calls to action and your posts or whatever. Um, and then once it starts to grow, you can look at how you can get people to give you their emails, how you can drive traffic through your group, etc depending on what your objectives are. So yeah, that's what I'd recommend. I think that there's a lot of opportunity to build out a really strong presence on Facebook and look very active in what's predominantly a ghost town for bloggers. If you are curious to see what I'm doing, if you want examples of the kinds of posts I've talked about or what engagement I'm seeing, I recommend just heading over to my Facebook page, Valerie and Belize, which I have linked in the show notes and just take a look and see if any of that seems to make sense for your audience. It's entirely up to you as with any strategy I recommend, whether or not you spend time on your Facebook page, but I think Facebook pages are still powerful. I enjoy the activity and the comments and engaging with people on Facebook. Especially for me, my audience tends to be a little bit older, so they're on Facebook and I wanna reach them where they are and I've been able to drive meaningful traffic and get what I think is a return on my investment. So yeah, I hope this helps. As always, I welcome your feedback in the forms of ratings and reviews, or you can join the conversation over on the Site School Facebook community. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I also have a Facebook group for this community and podcast and website because it is a powerful place and we're all still hanging out over there. Anyway, uh, yeah, look forward to seeing what you have to say. If you've tried something similar or if you're stuck on something, happy to help. Just join me over on Facebook and we can chat about it. And I will be back very soon with another new episode that will help you learn how to grow and earn more from your site in this year and years to come.